June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 1 of the Audiobook Loving Series. And today, I am chatting with narrator John York. Welcome to the podcast, John. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true pleasure to be here. As, as I said before we started recording, I'm a huge admirer of, of this podcast and of you. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is a real treat for me. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Your check will be in the mail for later. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's it's I, I I've had you on in you know, my eye on you for a while, and it, it, it thought it was a perfect opportunity for us to connect, being that June is audiobook month, and yeah. you know this is when that's airing, and why not get new people that we haven't chatted before on on the podcast? So welcome. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. It sounds uh, it sounds incredibly exciting. Yeah, I remember you said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started. Yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm John York. I've been narrating for, I believe, six years, possibly coming up to seven uh, this year. Uh, and yeah, I started off, so I used to work in television. I've jumped around on a few jobs in TV. I did in my late teen years. I started out in the camera department and then quickly, so I worked on shows like ITV's Coronation Street and a shoe shopping channel and little pieces like that shot for um, football or soccer, I should say. <laughs> so I used to uh, record, uh, be a camera assistant and then a camera operator. And then from there, I started to um, really get into producing content for TV. So I started out producing packages for a factual TV show uh, in Hull in the UK. And it was based on the City of Culture. And that was in 2017. And that was like really a big big shift in everything for me really it shifted my whole sort of perspective on my career because through there we started um, me and my sister who was working with me at the time and still does as I'll get to but yeah we, we started producing content and then eventually producing audio content so we were setting up a studio in Princess Key in Hull which is a huge shopping center in the center of Hull and um, you may you know you wouldn't be wrong to say that a shopping center loud busy shopping center is yeah. Probably not the best place for an audio studio. You're up and for the challenge. Yeah, we. <laughs> Yeah, well, we quickly found that out. And, um, and so we were producing things for audiobook commercials and things like that. And then uh, we were audition sending out some auditions. We had some actors coming and we sent them out some auditions for an audiobook. And it kind of just wasn't, we couldn't find the right voice. And uh, my sister, who's a sound engineer, said, well, you've done some acting and, uh, you know, in your, in your youth, why don't you give it a go? And I was like, kind of watching as these actors and voice actors would come in and start recording. There was a little bit about, uh, a little bit, of me sat behind the glass thinking I really want to have a go at this <laughs> I really want to try and do it and so I auditioned for the for the book and I got that book and then after we finished thoroughly enjoyed the process realized it was completely different this whole new world had opened up to me I got offered another one and then another one and then it was kind of time for me to sort of 
sit down, have a chat with myself and think, what am I going to, you know, am I going to take this seriously? Is this something that I really want to do? Because it's about the time to really invest in this, in this career path in education and in, you know, equipment and things like that. And I decided to take the leap and focus my attention on narrating audiobooks. My sister, as I say, is a sound engineer and, and she jumped on board on this journey. And we've been doing this together with producing audiobooks since about, yeah, since I've been about 19, wow. um, we started and we just haven't stopped since. Luckily, the work has kept coming in and we've we've gotten to work on some amazing projects together. And uh, and yeah, and this it just still feels like I'm at the start of this journey and, and there's so much more that, you know, I, I want to do. And there's so much I'm, I'm learning every day from from those around me. And uh, so, yeah, that was that's uh, how I got started. And uh, but yeah, it was it was a, it was a weird routine, I think. Yeah, almost a little backwards. Um, yeah. Usually the yeah. narrators, you start off as a narrator and then you're like, hey. I'll do a production company and start producing. <laughs> you did it the flip side. And also, yes. you know, working with your sister, does she mess with you? Like, no, that's not how you say that word or, you know, things like that. Because <laughs> I have siblings, so I know they would fuck with me. Yeah. My <laughs> sister is incredibly professional. She's she's the funniest person I know in, in real life. And we do have a great laugh with everything that we do that we are. And we have had some times, which <laughs> we have had some times where it sort of felt like, like maybe she's uh, sort of taking the, taking the piss a little bit, but she's just phenomenally professional when it comes down to the work side of it. So yes, she picks me up on, you know, pronunciations or corrections or, you know, directs me when that's necessary, but also yeah. she has, she's six years older than me. So oh. she has that kind of authoritative vibe going about her. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I I feel like I, I'm the one I'm the one who messes around more uh, more than more than she. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Gotta love the sibling dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> but she's got you on those six years. She'll show if she needs to. She's oh, like, yeah. don't forget, I'm the older sister. Oh yeah, yeah. that's absolutely right. And I think uh, there's certain times where we've been against the deadline, and um, I really need to get in that booth. And I'm like, oh, but this is happening, and I need to go and do this. She's like, you're getting in that booth and you're recording. So uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, so, ma'am. Yeah, it works out. <laughs> definitely works out yeah my old my sister my twin sister tries to pull that and i'm like it, you're only a minute older than i am francis come down <laughs> I'm <an laughs> but that minute is so important it is she totally used it to try to use her for advantage but yeah no i mean it's a, it's a sibling <laughs> dynamics you know when siblings work together there's always a possibility of that you know like messing around moments and yeah stuff like that. i'm like your oh, sister yeah. though i would be like listen six hours get get her done Let's go, you know, and then yeah. afterwards, I'm like, you know, you sound like a dork when you say that, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you know she's i don't know if it's just her persona or, or she knows that i'm very fragile but she's incredibly supportive and i mean she's always very honest you know if i'm doing a voice and you know if we're, if we're putting together some voices to send to an author to get you know checked out on that she'll say that isn't working you know she's she's very honest and very um you know ooh, i don't like i don't think that that's what they meant and that is incredibly helpful to have yes. that second ear, especially when it's just maybe, you know, if you if you send in like, if it's, I've had books where there's been, you know, 15 characters oh. all in the same scene, all from different places and all uh, we've been instructed that they have to have very distinct voices. So, I mean, that's a challenge in itself, but then having that second pair of ears, no, that person sounds like that person and they, I think we should go more this way. And that's really helpful but she's incredibly supportive you know and um i think she knows you know occasionally you'll get books where it is a little bit more of a challenge than with others and just to open up my phone to a text while she's editing the day before you know my the stuff that i recorded the day before i'll have a text saying you're doing really well on this don't doubt yourself Aww, um i, I yeah, want a sister I, like that 
<laughs> so I feel very lucky. And you know, it's got it's, it's made us uh, incredibly close. She had children two years ago, mm-hmm. so right, you know, in the middle of this journey, and the way that she's managed to, you know, balance motherhood and everything that comes with it, you know, this huge new exciting part of her life, and still be as dedicated to producing audiobooks as she is. Uh, you know, it's incredibly incredibly lucky I, I feel I feel you know really uh, really great to be a member of a team rather but I never feel like I'm doing this venture on my own well that's great I think a lot of times narrators have always said it's very lonely to be in the booth even though you're yeah be talking about other people and have the voices in your head but it's separate <laughs> and that, you know it's just so different but to be able to have someone yes. to that's right there that either from a director's perspective or soon thereafter yeah. tell you yeah no this is it sounds great, but also to have that support system where, because we do that ourselves, mm-hmm. don't we? I mean, it's imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. It happens all the damn fucking time. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. And that, you know, the imposter syndrome definitely haunts me. I'm getting a little bit better with it. Or rather, I don't feel less of an imposter. I've just kind of convinced myself that everyone else or most people generally feel the same way. So it's not that I feel that I can do it any better now than I did before. I still have, I'm still crippled with doubts, you know, pretty much every aspect of my life. But I'm, I'm starting to realize that actually that's that's quite normal. And if you're just having one of those days where it's, it's just your head and, you know, you just, you are, you are, you have the right as much as anybody else does to be in that room and yeah and that's been a a huge learning curve for me i mean we're talking in the past 12 months oh wow that's that's, yeah yeah it's tough it's tough (laughs) i still i mean for this year's season it's year number nine and the podcast Mm -hmm. itself is four and i still have this whole like no one's listening (laughs) 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 why do i keep doing this and so and then i i talk to one person or another or when i invite you guys to be on the show they're like oh my god i love it i'm like wait you listen yeah. So it's it's those little <laughs> moments were great. With definitely with the process of how you got started, how has your process of prepping a book changed from when you did start actually full full on narrating yeah. to now? It's changed. It's essentially just become more intense. Really, I worked out that I would get quite nervous before, especially when we when we were recording in Princess Key in those early days, and I would travel to the studio. This was way before I got a home booth. I would get really nervous and and sort of you know have have all those doubts and stuff, and then I realized it's because I wasn't as comfortable with the content I was about to narrate than I should have been. A pure mistake, just because of you know it's a mistake on my part. It was lack of prep. I mean, I'd read the book, but for me, I need to be incredibly detailed in the books that I'm I'm reading. I need to know the characters. I need to feel very. I need, almost need to feel like I've already done it. To be honest. Just the way I work, I'm, I'm, I haven't reached that level yet where I can kind of wing it. I mean, I, I probably could wing it a little bit and it sound okay. But to get to the point where I'm really happy with the book, I need to know it back, you know, inside and out. So it's just essentially just become more intense. I'll read it more intensely and make loads of notes. And, uh, you know, I annotate on the iPad is my best friend. And is the, I guess like the downside to this is I used to read a lot for pleasure. Like I've always been a big reader and now I read less so because before I used to read before bed, I used to go 45 minutes early so I can get my reading in. And now I still do that, but it's with the book that I'm prepping for work, which 
although is you know oftentimes i'm enjoying just as much as i would read for a book for pleasure you still have that work hat on and it's but i've just found that works with my routine but yeah just just more intense and more yeah just just more sort of um more notes i'll have the voice memo app on my phone that's just full of weird voices <laughs> you know with random labels well that's something i need to get better at just labeling because i'll say like you know alf alfie and then the author's name and then like question mark which means i'm still trying it out you know it's so um, a good system (laughs) yeah yeah so uh, maybe my maybe my labeling and my my personal you know voice member could do the trick but yeah it's just it's just all about that so i just need to get into the head of the um that book try and and then also something i always like to try and do it's not always possible especially if you're working with a publisher but i always like to be in contact with the author so we can go back and forth a little bit and i mean i've just the other day i was on a zoom call with an author that i'm doing a book with in a few weeks time and they were so amazing that they gave me the time to say ask me any questions that you do you want about these characters and because i'd already done all the prep all these questions came you know i had prepared and then i i came away feeling so much better about that project of so much more confident so much more excited so yeah i would i would i would say that even though it, it does take double the amount of time that i used to spend on it you do get more I, I've, I'm more excited I get more enjoyment out of that project yeah well there's nothing worse than being on chapter nine and you're reading the lines from a female's perspective or a character saying and his Russian <laughs> accent and you're going Fuck. yes yes <laughs> I was doing no, that's, no accents yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, yeah that's that's not ideal no no, no that's like that's just a, that's a redo it's no longer called the pickup that's a redo <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have heard we um in uh, several like sort of narrator meetups that I've been to recently, you do hear horror stories like that. And but sometimes, sometimes you can't really help because if if you're sort of skimming through it, you know, because I think I think a lot of people, especially being prepping for age and stuff, your eyes do just tend to skim over, and it can just be the smallest detail which changes that entire character. So if you're not careful, you know, it can happen to anybody, oh, yeah. really. Yeah, it's it's always, it, it has, and sometimes even when the authors are writing it, depending on the point of view, like, when you're talking, you don't hear an accent, per se. Yeah. And so yeah. when it comes down to the male POV, for an example, you won't know that there's an accent unless someone else points it out to the person, you know, as far as per se. But yes. But that's also where yeah, having absolutely. the conversation with the authors in an advance prior to recording is fantastic. I'm really happy that a lot of authors are now either requesting to happen with when they're with a publishing house or a production house. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes, I mean, I'm going to flat out call it out, talk blocking for audiobooks. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're supposed to be a wingman, not a clock blocker. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it's yeah. the whole thing, like the separation, the gatekeeping that it sucks. So to be able to talk to the author and have them tell you things like, hey, this character talks really fast because he has a crush on the girl you know yes or yeah yeah, or he has a list that you know he's very conscientious about so when he pronounces certain words with an s it's going to be a little bit elongated you know yeah oh absolutely and i think i mean it helps the technical aspect of narration of course and and um you know heightens the idea of that both of you are enjoying that process which obviously is the goal but also i think just on like a basic human level it's lovely to meet and chat with people that are doing interesting things I, I've I've made some really good friends um, with authors. Oh, I have authors who I haven't worked with for years, but we still check in with each other. And it's not about projects and things. It's, oh, it's not about us working together on projects. It's just like from from a f- 
friendship that was we developed through prepping a book a few years ago and we sort of realized you're a really nice person we really get on I, I don't want you out of my life yeah, you know? I'm keeping you is what I normally tell people <laughs> <laughs> you're mine like, I, I, yeah, I, I said it exactly. too like, like not now you've been on my show you're mine uh, <laughs> you're stuck with me sorry uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it, I understand that kind of relationship and it's and it's good because there's so many different things out there and and this world is a lot about networking and that means that yeah. you know you may not be the right fit for a book but you happen to know someone else that is and so you're going to connect them and and vice versa they'll connect you when you're the right fit exactly especially with authors writing so many books and they do love to put all the brothers having dinner <laughs> at the same time <laughs> Yeah. yeah there you go yeah. yeah it's it's um yeah it's i mean that was that was again a, a game changer once i've gotten the um the confidence to actually reach out and say do you mind if we meet over zoom or, or skype or whatever um because i don't think zoom existed for me back before covid um so <laughs> a bit like you know it was uh yeah it, it, once i've gotten that confidence to do that and 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 then you 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 meet somebody and you realize oh you're just a you're just a really nice person <laughs> and it becomes just really familial and and, and yeah joyous yeah, really like, oh no you're not the asshole everybody said you are okay um, <laughs> 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 uh, but the with the voices and stuff how do you go about yeah. aside from when the descriptive is there he has a low growly or he has a high pitch or she has this how do you go about deciding how the characters are going to sound yeah so the main part of it is of course um it's, it's mixed between what this, this the script says, what's in the manuscript. Um, you will get, I don't want to put a percentage of it, but a high percentage of what you're going to be going for will be t will it'll tell you all in the script and about that character and and if a character's got a certain personality which have, which comes across, um, you can kind of start developing there. And then also what the author or or, or the rights holder or whoever's you're talking to, they usually give you a little bit of a a, a sort of backstory, you know, a few words for you to go off. Um, and then for me. It's really, um, it's just really about how I feel about that character. Just my interpretation of of that character. So I bring, I like to bring a little bit of myself. I don't think I could stop if you told me to. <laughs> um, it's, you know, and and so it just kind of stems from there. Really, it'll be some sort of mixture of whatever's written down, and then the best I can do to facilitate that um, is is the end result um so you know a lot it depends also it depends on um what the writer or publisher or whatever wants um from that book sometimes they don't want it as out there um and then you have other projects and where they say there's a lot of voices in this go crazy on some of them you know these this character specifically you can go really big and and they're they're always really fun you know the the further i can get for, for smaller characters the further i can get away from myself the more fun it is um yeah, but it's um, and then of course even like the gruff ones and stuff, um, you have to if it's like a, a, a specifically gruff voice and that's integral to the to the character, it still has to be sustainable for me. So I don't have like the deepest register, um, you know, out there. There's plenty of guys who get um who get those jobs more frequently. That's not the sort of type of book that I get cast for usually. So it has to be you know sustainable, of course. So it's, yeah, it's just it's just my interpretation of whatever's in that in that text. Yeah, I mean, those are my sometimes the conversations when I have with the narrators is like, yeah, I gave the the, the this one you know best friend that walked into that one scene in the diner really like, oh my god, everything's gonna be so perfect, and then yeah. she's the heroine for book four. Uh, 
yeah that's yeah. annoying <laughs> yeah well that's, that happened to me a few a, a fair few years ago oh. I started a series and I was in the notes it was uh, like a character with one line and there was no reference and I already knew what the second book was going to be about so and it was like this really heavy set guy so I did the sort of heavy set you know gruff you know really deep in that register and then a really uh, a deep voice. And then, yeah, and book three was all about them. No. And there was no links to that. And I thought, oh, God, what do I do? <laughs> and then I had to sort of bring him up just slightly, find a new way of of of, of doing it. And it still be, you know, um, it still be fair to that character. And we still achieved that sound. But it did have to be adjusted slightly in the way that I was performing him. Because, I mean, yeah, I'd have, uh, I'd have probably wrecks myself in the first five minutes yeah there goes vocal strains uh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i i've when i see reviews that's that will point something out about the character sounding different from one book to another i've tried to mm -hmm. always tell people how i sound how i hear myself sound when i speak is totally different how you are currently hearing me talk and everybody mm -hmm, the same yeah. way so that's kind of how that person sounded to the hero at the moment or whoever the character was that was being voiced now that's their own pov so they're going to sound different and i think that's yeah. kind of helped a little bit because sometimes i mean i love my reviewers and everything but y'all can be harsh sometimes <laughs> <laughs> definitely but i mean there's there's loads of reasons why yeah. that can that can be i mean i know i i struggle i've probably picked the worst career for me because i get sore throats and, and tonsillitis and, and stuffy noses all the time and if you're you know, it, it's the worst is when it happens in the middle of recording, recording something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst because obviously you, you can't record when you don't sound like that. But then you get to a point where it's like, I've like, you can't take like 10 days off if I'm like physically fine, but I just sound like just the slightest, like semi tone out of my usual, um, my usual voice. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, that's really tricky, especially if you've done like, and also your voice changes over time. Like I've I've just done a sequel to a book that I recorded when I was like 21. And like that is like four, four or five years later now. And my my yeah. voice naturally has just changed. And uh, yeah, so it's it's just stuff like that. And it, for anyone who's binging the book, they won't care when yeah. I recorded it. But it's just something that just happens. There's nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's 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 fun to kind of see the career move around. And then I'm like, yeah, he sounds a little older now. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, can't cast him as a high school guy anymore, but he can be daddy. <laughs> 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 Yeah. With regards to the characters, there's with yeah. all the books that you've been narrating and, and stuff like that, what's their favorite type of character mm -hmm. to narrate? Oh, it's anyone sarcastic, <laughs> anyone cocky, arrogant, you know, bitchy. Oh, my gosh. There's an author called Reese Lawless, who I work with a lot and uh, we're working together for years and they write just the best like sarcastic, witty characters. And yes, yeah, anyone with a bit of an attitude um, anyone who just kind of doesn't take things as presented as it's presented to them. I, I find that so interesting, so fun to play. I just, to be honest, I just like playing like dicks. <laughs> like, this, if, like if I can spend like the first sort of three, four hours of, of my day, which is was when I record being incredibly, arc, uh, you know, uh, sarcastic and arrogant and, you know, uh, and not a very nice. I find myself enjoying the day, enjoying my afternoon a lot more. <laughs> you know, it sort of gets it all out there. You know, uh, I've had I've had been fortunate enough to play some really vile characters, yeah. and uh, they're oh, so fun, so fun. 
Yeah, especially with the different genres, because you know, if you're doing sci-fi, yeah. they're the the mean warlord or something, and then when you get into yeah. things to do with romance, it's the mafia hitman that kidnapped you, and yeah. now you think he's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know, I did a um, I did a book for amazing author called Serena Valentino, and it was published uh, by Disney. It's the Never Never um book. It was uh, the eleventh uh, book, I believe, in the series. I hope no, maybe the ninth. Oh my gosh, I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah, it's um, it's uh, called Never Never, and it's a, a, a tale of Captain James Hook, and it's about Captain Hook, um, but as a younger man as he's um, kind of finding himself. And then it's essentially the origin story of how he became the Captain Hook that we know from, you know, the Peter Pan universe. And obviously he's usually a baddie, but in this, he's a goodie. And we had, you know, and I'm, I'm performing like that, but there's still like an edge to him, yeah. especially like when you get through the novel, it starts to get a little bit darker and some bad things happen to him uh, that, that really explains how he became this person. But then there's you get like Peter Pan in that in that book, which in this tale in this telling, Peter guy. Pan is he's the antagonist, you know. So it was it was really fun to sort of take that sort of Peter Pan chipper, you know, general just that that um, that type of voice that I did for him that is usually the hero, and make it nasty. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that was really fun sort of playing with that dynamic there yeah. yeah so that was that was good yeah it's always I mean they, they as the saying goes we're here we were like this for a reason I wasn't always like this someone did something yeah. right so I wasn't yeah. always the villain some something happened <laughs> to make me the villain and I may be the villain in your yeah. story but I am the hero in someone else's and yeah that's the perspective I, a lot of authors have been kind of doing that uh, kind of old retelling from a different perspective that yeah. they've been doing. And Disney has, I think, an entire series, the villain series, where- they- Yes, that's it. Yeah. That's the that's the series I'm, I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's like, well, okay, hmm, I think like Cruella de Vilte or Ursula, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so- yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think Serena does those so well. You know, he's, he's so, I mean, getting, being able to relate to and really feel for someone that maybe in previous adaptations you've despised or just, you know, you know, and he's trying to ruin the real hero of, you know, of the previous adaptations day, just being able to flip that on its head and, and spend some time with that character. I think it's really fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's a fantastic idea as well for a series. Yeah. We're constantly being told, you know, Oh, they're great. This is person's great. And then of course, with the conversation also goes, yeah, this other person. Yeah. I heard they're kind of shady. And, and some, yeah. you know, I always kind of wonder like, okay, but why are they shady with you? Because I'm perfectly fine with them. Uh, it's like, like what yeah. happens? And to be able to get those in the stories, you know, it's always great. I always love it when I'm reading a book and he's the hitman or he's the warlord and, and you get those glimpses of the why. And then you're like, oh, that's why he's a dick. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. I would be too, fucker. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's it. And uh, I, I, I think in any, you know, in TV and, mm-hmm. and, and movies and stuff, as well as books, I, I think any villain with a good story, mm-hmm. with a good backstory that makes you think, Jesus, if that happened to me, I'd probably be worse. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, that just. I mean, that's what story's about, isn't it? That re- you know, being able to relate to to the worst. Now, I think also, I think there's a dark side in all of us that is that in it's incredibly satisfying to to link that with with uh, with a character you know yeah and to be able to play with uh those different kind of personality traits that you may have 
but not as bad mm-hmm. or as much, or you've learned to, you know, filter them uh, depending on the audience. Cause yeah. I'm the sarcastic friend, aside from the sexual innuendo that can make anything. So one of those, <laughs> I'm the sarcastic girl. Like, no, you don't yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, tell me something I yeah. don't know already. Uh, so it's, <laughs> when I'm reading a, a, a books and specifically in my romance side of things, I don't like those weak heroines. I don't need yeah. the hero to come help her. I would rather have him be, be beside her or making sure her back is covered and having her stick for herself yeah. up and, you know, be able to solve the mysteries and things like that, not needing it. So it's kind of cool yeah. to see it that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also that that backstory for for the hero of the story is just as important, you know, And because I think someone who's just someone who's nice and good just for the sake of it. Yeah, I th- think is a part of us, especially if we grow older, of course, we kind of think, nah, really, mm-hmm. you know, whereas so I think it needs to kind of be explained um, that why yeah. a certain uh, yeah, why you why you why you so nice? Yeah, and and, and what's how does the saying goes? It's it, it, there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Anybody can, yes. everybody can be nice, but being kind yes. takes work. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so when I hear people say, "Oh, she's so nice," I'm like, mm, "Okay, that was the word." <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know the books of protagonists. I always love it when they make that second character that was a dick. Um, the lead for the fourth book so it's always fun and I'm like okay how is the narrator going to handle that one (laughs) part of the journey um yeah when it comes down to us listeners we are suckers for accents and in case anybody couldn't tell just in case sarcasm, (laughs) you know you're British right and yes and you have the accent already so you don't have to worry about that (laughs) (laughs) but do you have an accent that's a favorite of yours to perform um i think probably like i i record mostly believe it or not i narrate mostly in general a general american accent for because i work with mostly american publishers and authors and if they're this you know 90 percent of those books are, are going to be uh, needing a, a, a general american accent so i feel most comfortable with that so i'd probably say that's my favorite as i say i'm, I'm a sucker for being uncomfortable uh, being comfortable sorry <laughs> uncomfortable. that was the opposite of what i meant that's another um, yeah yeah I'd... <laughs> um yeah i uh i like feeling comfortable so I get the most fun out of yeah a general American accent. I, I think I'm pretty good at a Scottish accent as well. I've oh, my family's Scottish, my partner's mm-hmm. family's Scottish. So yeah, I've done a few books where the yeah the narrations needed to be in uh, sort of soft Edinburgh hue, mm-hmm. um, which I've gone for. Yeah, and to be honest, mm-hmm. actually I don't know. Yeah, so that's but I'd probably say my overall favourite is is um, my own accent because it's the easiest. <laughs> So, yeah. Folks, at least he's honest. Uh, (laughs) But it's a really good accent to do. I mean, the one thing when it comes down to the British accents, anyone that's not British automatically thinks that general PR kind of accent and that we hear. But there's there's a lot of differences depending on where you're from in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I am um, I I'm from the north. It's like I I start right. I, this is going to sound really bad to my to my fellow northerners. But uh, when I when I was a a young kid in you know I grew up in East Yorkshire near Hull. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in London where everything was happening, and they sounded like good to me. It sounded right to me because of because of the media that we 
that we consume you know even if you know you flick on the news and it's the bbc and they all and they're all from london so i i really try i put on an accent essentially as a, a young person and then it eventually obviously be, just became the way i spoke which is which is how i sound now more southern but like um you know you can tell occasionally so like you may say um so londoners will say laugh but i'll say laugh because that's my um you know east yorkshire coming out so yeah i, I find but yeah, the accents differ all around. I mean, you can go 20 minutes and hear a completely different accent. It's uh, yeah. And but I mean, they're the sort of less common, especially in our media. It's yeah, it's usually a sort of southern, maybe not full RP as you used to get back in the day, but definitely sort of not <laughs> North London yeah. Um, accent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you never want to make it into a cartoonish where you're going the Lucky Charms because he's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't want to do yeah. that. Or, or, oh, look, Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke's accent. That, that's just UK stuff. Like, yes. Mm, that's a particular part of the UK. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure where, yeah, where in the UK Dick Van Dyke's. Yeah, no. An object aside, that. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's kind of like I feel bad actually because I love that film. I love um, that film too. I, it's my, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, as one of mine as well. And I feel bad sort of bitching on that accent. But yeah, I mean that's that's a it's that's an interesting interpretation of a, of a Cockney. Yeah, but but that's <laughs> also where you guys sometimes get dinged in that because of the different accents when you know when you're trying to yeah. do especially you doing more you know united states accents there's a difference yes. between a you know it's let's see savannah georgia accent yes versus a elena kind of accent yeah and then and then you scroll into texas and things like that or when you go up north yeah. in the middle you know mid area there's so many different accents within the states and people will Absolutely, tell you yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, they, oh, they yeah. clearly are not from that area because that's not how you pronounce that word. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And of course, of course, you you do feel like that. I think we, we've we all, you know, heard something that is, that, you know, is, is local to us. And then when it's mispronounced, it sounds wrong. And especially when, you know, the, a narrator, I guess, in the eyes of, of, of a listener, definitely should know what they're doing. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's a much, much to my chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and, and you, but that's just down to research, um, which I didn't, I, when we spoke about prep earlier, I didn't actually mention the research part of it. There's a hell of a lot of research that goes into it, obviously more with some books than others. But if there's, I mean, our rule uh, mine and my sister's rule has always been even if you're you are a half a percent unsure it could be the, a word that you've said a million times before half a percent unsure of if that's correct you spend the time and you look it up because the amount of words that i've been mispronouncing in my own life yeah. and then found out that i was <laughs> pronouncing it wrong by looking it up um is quite horrific yeah do you ever <laughs> argue with the definition or the pronunciation like that's how it's pronounced <laughs> yes yes we do actually See? that is a yeah that's a discussion that we've they yeah they're, they're discussions we have a lot mm -hmm. and it's usually between actually how um it's pronounced in the states um versus how it's pronounced in england little things like we say herbs mm -hmm. and obviously yeah. in america they drop their h um little things like that um right back in back when we first started we'd have those conversations all the time and we'd be bickering <laughs> and then you know, obviously you'd have one person uh, win when we found out the answer yeah and then uh, the other person you know you'd be looking really smug <laughs> john won <laughs> yeah, exactly 5, <laughs> i do remember i do remember distinctly we were we were debating over the pronunciation of a specific type of flower oh. and i was arguing 
I can't remember what it was now, but I was I was arguing for one way. My sister was arguing for the other way, and we looked it up, and it was a completely different way. Oh. Uh, and neither of us were right, and we just sort of sort of oh, we do, we know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's always fun when that happens, uh, or when it's a word in a different uh, dialect or language, and you're going, oh yeah, yeah that's not how we pronounce it. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so it's always fun. All right, we're gonna take a break real quick for a word from our sponsors for today's episode. The audiobook-loving 2023 series is sponsored in part by authors. DJ Krimmer, who weaves contemporary romance stories filled to the brim with imperfect alpha holes and witty females whose love conquers every hurdle thrown their way. In her books, representations of the imperfect sides of life are not hidden in the shadows. They're front and center, a reminder that everyone deserves a happy ending. Tana Stone not only loves to read sci-fi romance, she also writes them as well. With the tagline, alien abduction has never been so hot. It's no wonder readers and listeners love her stories of the sexy aliens and the independent heroines that bring them to their knees. Landon Beach wrote every audiobook narrator's worst fear, being kidnapped by obsessed fans who are determined to have them perform their novel in a one-of-a-kind psychological thriller, Narrator. We, the listeners, experience every twisted moment alongside Sean Frost, the narrator. Or do we? PJ Fiala writes military romantic suspense and contemporary romance with heroines that are strong, and the heroes are sexy. Fill your TBR list with stories where bikes are built, family bonds are strengthened, and love ignites. When the only team that can handle the job is the one that doesn't exist. And GHOST stands for Government Hidden Ops Specialty Team. They eliminate the threat when no one else can. Learn more about these and all of our sponsors by visiting the audiobook-loving 2023 series landing page at Viviana Enchantress of Books website. That's www.vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. And now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the magic of editing. Uh, it's so yeah. good. Um, because I can imagine you, you know your bloopers if you have them. Um, do you keep your yes. bloopers? Do you record your bloopers? Well, they are recorded, so I don't do punch and roll. Ooh. Um, which is you know a, a very common way to record. Um, I do fluff and repeat. Um, which I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's um, I don't know whether that's a, a a thing that we do uh, over here on on this side of the pond more than I I know a lot of narrators in you know in the UK that do fluff and repeat, but not so many on, on stateside. So, uh, but yeah, I, um, all the bloopers, all, every time I mess up and stuff, it's all there for my uh, editor's enjoyment. And yeah, and they're, they're kept sometimes if it's really funny, uh, my editor will, will um, you know, clip it together and, and send it back to me for a, for a bit of a laugh. But usually it just, it just goes, you know, it just, it goes in the bin. <laughs> well, we love it because sometimes you guys get very creative on how you get out of that. If whether it's a, a word that you're stuck on that you just can't figure it out as far as your mouth is not yeah, listening uh, to your head on how it should be pronounced oh yeah um or it's a scene and it's just you know the characters being witty and funny and they just got you um yeah that yeah kind of behind the scenes stuff is always fun yeah it's it always happens to me you know every every day you, you're making 
some error and you know i've there's been loads of times where i've I've gone off on a big monologue and and halfway down i've been like that's totally the wrong person um <laughs> who's saying that and you know it's sometimes if you're in a good mood it's all fun and games yes. i think if you're if you're stressed and you've been doing it a long time and maybe you're not having it you know a great day in general i think th- i think that's where it becomes less funny and you're just sort of thinking i cannot believe i'm making these silly mistakes and you know We've got a deadline looming. Yes, I'm like I gotta get this done. There's other books that are coming. <laughs> or my favorite, I'm like, I know how to say this word. Why am I not able to pronounce? And it's just, I just that's where I need yeah. to like I'm done for a little bit. I need to go yes. eat something, get out of there, stretch out, play with the puppies or something, yeah. and then try to come back. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Now I was able to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. I think, um, you know, not just for, I mean, it's already been races in reference to this conversation, but I just think for anybody, um, I think taking breaks is so important. And you could, especially if you like, if you're working from home, you have that kind of, oh, I do anyway. I sort of think I need to be at my desk all the time. I need to be in the booth all the time. Otherwise, I'm not really working. But like, that's just not, that's nonsense, I think. And I think you have to be kinder on yourself. And if if you're, you know, if you're finding yourself tripping up on stuff that usually isn't a problem, it may be a sign of, do you know what? I just may need to take a walk. I may need to just, just get out for 10 minutes and I'll go sit downstairs. That's changing the scene, changing the scenery for me is a big help. You know, I'll just, I'll just do something like just go sit in the kitchen for a bit. <laughs> and and I found that that's, that's good enough for me. Yes. Just go for 10 minutes, cool down a a little bit and just think okay and then when I go back in it's always um always better and I'm always thankful to do that yeah it's funny how working from home or at least I mean some people are really good at those boundaries like I am not working unless I'm in the office I always (laughs) feel like I should be doing something with my time so even if I'm it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm watching like right now oh rabbit hole I I think yeah rabbit hole on Paramount plus Keith Sullivan does a really good kind of series like that like who done it done a couple of those but I'm creating graphics for social media for clients and myself for the podcast and things because my brain doesn't stop yeah. <laughs> so i'm working yeah <laughs> like yeah that's it yeah. and i th- i think it's also like i was talking about this um on, on my podcast with a guest uh recently we we're, were talking about kind of like how your your anxiety that sort of like scarcity mindset that i seem to have rooted in my core um of like of, so like the idea of like i'm not booked up like if i if i haven't got a book for three months time mm. i'm panicking and i'm thinking what am i going to do what am i going to do so it's like you i'm always trying to put my feelers out i'm always trying to audition for stuff get in contact with um you know publishers or authors or you know people i'm on the roster with and you kind of like you never kind of stop working when you're in times like that because you're always fearful that i don't know what i'm going to be doing soon and i can't say that to to my landlord for the rent or i can't say that to you know for, for my my phone company when i pay them for the phone I could, I, well i don't know if i can pay next yeah. month do i yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you can't know say that freelancer yeah <laughs> <laughs> that means project based work <laughs> yeah but then again you know on the flip side I think I, I as a person respond to fear more than anything else. So I think if if I didn't have that, I don't genuinely don't know if I'd get anything done. Like all of my movements are if you don't do this, this will happen. And that's bad. You know, so yeah, wow. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's healthy. Uh, but it's it's done all right for me so far. <laughs> so far I think you're good. I think it would be okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's a great way to kind of get into that segue of that you also have a podcast and it's called the Audiobook Cl- uh, Club. 
can tell us a little about about that like how did that come about where did you get the name from because that was one of the things like what the fuck am i going to call this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's awful isn't it naming things um <laughs> It's, it's my it's, yeah I'm terrible at it as well um, as you could probably guess by this <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> but yeah so um, I was uh, I didn't a few years ago I like we said before um, that some of your uh, your friends and colleagues had mentioned I was feeling quite isolated even though I was you know luckily working with my sister um, I was feeling very isolated in this industry and I didn't really know anybody. Um, in real life who who did it and I, I I knew people obviously from the references and the education that I consumed but I didn't know anyone on like a personal level and there's like a billion questions I wanted to ask and I wanted to sort of double check I was doing it right and uh, so it was so essentially I had this idea of um I thought well I can't I can't just pop up to someone I vaguely know just because I got their email on Twitter and send them a big you know load of questions but what the podcast medium does is allow you to do that just you know all you have to do is record it and put it out there so um i had that idea and i start i thought this will be fun and i'll get to meet people and hopefully make friends and 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 then if not learn something uh, anyway so yeah that's where it started out i started yeah reaching out to the sort of closest contacts i had which again weren't very close at all and then uh, inviting them to be interviewed and then very quickly, I got some really cool guests. Not saying the first ones weren't cool, of course, but the um, <laughs> got some got some guests that um, that I, I never would have dreamed of, uh, of of chatting to. And I've made I can't tell you how many friends I've made through that podcast. And it's just and obviously learned loads. And then I started getting messages from people I didn't know saying, "I've just found this episode. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for doing it." And it was. Yeah, it was, that was, I never even, it sounds ridiculous, but I'd made 10 episodes of that podcast before I even considered that anyone else might listen to it. <laughs> it was purely for me. Wow. And all the questions that I was uh, asking are just the questions that I wanted to know. And yeah, and then I started getting uh, messages, or oh, can you ask the next person about this topic? And can you ask about this topic? And it was, uh, yeah, it just sort of grew and grew in a snowball effect. And then, yeah, we just, it's probably one of the most, it's the most fun parts of my week is recording an episode for that. And as I say, that meeting friends and, uh, and, and, and yeah, and I had to, I'd done like a, a few dual narration projects with some amazing narrators, but I didn't know them um, really. We'd work together and we spoke about character and voices and stuff. And we did, I did um, like Anne-Marie Lewis is a great example who I know has been on this show. Yes, um, <laughs> I saw that on the Twitter. You guys went to APAC yeah. and met there for yes. the first time. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Well, we'd done like, um, we were on over Zoom working together, doing like a few, um, uh, doing a recording together. But other than like just sort of casual hellos, how are you doing? You know, um, and a, a brief introduction, we didn't really know each other. And then so I asked that she was one of the first people I went straight to, was like, please be on my podcast and, and we can, uh, so I can get to know you really uh, some more. And we've become mates, we've become friends. Um, and, and that would have never happened if I didn't have, that hour and a half to chat with her um and then yeah as you mentioned on apac uh, apac um uh, I, I went over and we got a chance to meet in person um for the first time and i can't tell you how much happiness that brought me uh it was but i mean like that whole event at apac it was i mean the first thing that happened to me in the apac pre-social was i was, I was feeling really nervous and i was rushing to the bar um <laughs> one for the for the confidence level because uh, i i needed i needed liquid courage and then second of all i'm british and it was a free bar so i was gonna i was gonna grasp that bull <laughs> with both horns so i was like making my way there and um a gentleman who um 
I don't actually know. I don't actually know him now, but he stopped me, t- tapped me on the shoulder and pointed at me and said, the audiobook club with John York. Mm-hmm. And I went, yes. And he went, you're John York. And I went, yes. And he went, love that show. And then like walked off. <laughs> and I was like, that's the coolest thing like, to have happened. Um, yeah. And so, and, and that whole event, like people came, kept coming up to me and, and saying nice things about the show and, and meeting people that I'd interviewed on it for the first time. And, yeah, so that, that that whole show was is, has just been a blessing, and I can't wait to do more. Generally, it's yeah. it's just been amazing. Yeah, so I know the conversations can can range, and you know, from more industry, you know, F- FYIs to you know, yeah. travels and things like that. What's like? We all have favorite questions. I'm gonna start there. What's your favorite <laughs> question to ask your guests? Um, I don't know. You know, um, I like to. I like getting, um. I like getting down to like what makes them tick as a person. Um, I try and do like, I try and do like half technical questions. What's your process? Can you talk us through, you know, specifics? Cause I have a lot of narrators, you know, people narrating uh, narrators who are starting out in the industry, listening to the show and, and they want to know and rightly so about uh, some of the technical aspects and, 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 you know, their processes so they can uh, use them on their own uh, work, of course. So I try and, I try and do that. And then also I try and have half the show, um, dedicated to them as like what makes them tick what are the projects that they're passionate about so I, I get I get a massive buzz from listening to what makes what listening to somebody talk about something that they're passionate about like I had a, a recent episode with uh, Penelope Rawlins who is amazing by the way um, just everything obviously amazing talent but also just amazing person um, but I asked her about I knew she'd written some uh, plays recently and uh, my show's not necessarily about playwriting, but playwriting is something that's quite important to me in my in my personal life. So uh, we ended up having like a really nice chat about playwriting. And you could tell that Penelope was very happy to talk mm. about that. And I was really happy to talk about that. And it and it became my, my favorite part of the show. So, yeah, just just anything that sort of gets them going, really. Um, yeah, I started asking a question at the end of the episodes um, what is the question that you wished you were asked more? Mm. And that's that's a fun one, <laughs> especially when you spring it. I, I, I've changed it now and I tell them that I'm going to ask it in, in, in oh. advance so they have some time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, when I first started, I just sprung it upon them. Yeah. And um, and that was quite funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going, I've, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of times. Um... I mean, you got the homework, and so that's why. Because yeah. it's it's sometimes it can be a little bit like, whoa, I gotta think, and dead air is never fun. Uh, so you kind of want to give them that, but at the same time, getting them off cuff, you know, like oh, mm-hmm. and my, when they bust out with, oh, that's a good question, I'm like, yes, wow, awesome. <laughs> um, because because I'm curious, I'm interested. It's, it's similar. I mean, we talk about all this stuff as far as technicalities and careers and stuff like that, and we're gonna start talking. Yeah. But your podcast is you, part of you, and that's the other thing too. That when I was looking more and doing my research, and I was like, who the heck is this John York that's following me? <laughs> you know, and you know, black and white profile yeah. pic, and they're like, oh, okay, he, he has a podcast. Okay, great. Oh, oh, he's a narrator too, uh, and and he likes to travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm quite basic really oh, <laughs> it's funny you guys are always hilarious because you're like oh we're gonna go on holiday and you go all over places in the you know in europe but uh, we yeah. don't realize it or we don't have that moment in the filter of 
you guys can take a train and go to an entirely, you know, pass by four different countries in, in, in four hours, where I, in four hours, am still in the state of Florida <laughs> in any direction. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think on the flip side, mm -hmm. us Brits don't realize how we could just can't comprehend how big America is. Like, you know, for us, if we drive six hours, you're in Scotland. Mm -hmm. Or you're, you know, right at the bottom in Plymouth. It's oh, that's specifically from where I am in the country, by the way. But the, um, but yes, so, but we can't just can't comprehend how big, um, America is. So like people, like I was, we're coming over to the states again this summer. Um, my partner and I, and we were thinking about going to uh, Houston in Texas. Oh, um, and, <laughs> and we were gonna drive around. Oh, um, God. <laughs> And uh, that was that was something that we were, we were thinking about. And uh, Jess goes, oh, I'd, you know what I've really wanted to see like my whole life? I wanted to see the Grand Canyon. Could we do like a little day trip to the Grand oh, Canyon God. from Houston, Texas? Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. Did you Google it <laughs> and then put by car? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that happens quite a lot. Yeah. Or you think like, oh, we could just we could just get a little train or bus over to San Francisco. <laughs> so it's quite like, it's quite a trek, you know. Yeah, it, it. But that's that's just you know why I always see when people live across the pond and they're traveling and yeah. they're going to all these places. I'm like, that's fantastic. I love it. I wish we had kind of that transportation um, possibly. And now we're starting to like in Florida, mm -hmm. we are finally getting a train that goes from like Miami to Orlando and back. And so that would be a three hour mm. drive and be a train versus me and my three and a half because I'm the one driving. It usually is four yeah. hours, but I won't have to worry yeah. about, you know, dumbasses on the road. I just take a train and I get to enjoy and read a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I feel the same with um because yeah, I feel the same over here. I mean, we have like the high speed uh, yeah. high speed trains, uh, the northern trains. So we have like um so it'll take me like four hours to drive to London london from my home um more with traffic you know especially if you, when you get more down south um but it takes an hour and a half from doncaster station you can't complain at that mm -mm. well you can complain at the price of the ticket like because that's quite expensive but still um it's uh it's pretty it's pretty convenient i'm not i'm not gonna lie yeah that's when you um increase your your hourly rates of mental capacity <laughs> um to be like yeah if i was to drive those hours i would not be in a good place <laughs> so it's totally <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah. so you're going to texas huh we think so we haven't we haven't booked anything yet okay. it's still because we've got we got to turkey first I and mean, we just come back from budapest uh -huh. i went to, i went to new york a week later i was in budapest i was at the lake district this weekend then we're off to turkey in a few weeks um and then we're we're thinking about going to poland later this year um and yeah and we have this we wanted to do something really grand and epic over summer so we're thinking we're thinking to, uh, to yeah go around travel around texas uh, this summer okay it's a huge state so yeah. that's why i was laughing because uh yeah. it's you know they're like driving there it's 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 big i have family there yeah. uh, my in-laws and the first time i went over one of the first times i was in one of the rooms reading surprise and <laughs> the whole family was oh it was for my sister-in-law's wedding and so we had aunts yeah. and uncles and cousins and all i mean anybody who was anybody in the family or, or, or someone that knew the family member was there and so i'm mm -hmm. in the room and it's it's all everything nice and quiet i'm reading and all of a sudden i hear this huge commotion of like almost like did we win the lottery kind of commotion <laughs> and so i'm like is everything okay so i go outside ask if everything's okay they're like yeah i'm like okay so what happened what's what's all the good news they were all excited about going to the mall because the mall is, is further it? away and they normally don't go to that mall because it was like an hour and a half, almost two hour drive for it. I'm going, 
mm, okay uh well, yeah, yeah it's a distance you know i'm like yeah okay <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 I, I was. Yeah, I was in. I was in Rachel, Nevada, a few years ago um, at the Little Ale Inn. Um, they have a, like the alien memorabilia and stuff there. It's really cool. We were talking with the lady who owned that place, and she was telling us that she has to um, to get the groceries to keep that cafe open. She has to take a day off work, and the night before, she has to drive for like six hours mm-hmm. to like the local big Walmart or whatever. Uh, stay a night in the hotel, spend all day stocking up, and then drive like the night back. And it was like just, that's and that's just to get your milk. Yeah, like that's <laughs> you know this like that is unreal. Yeah. Uh, and it was a bit to be fair, it was a gorgeous place in the world. Um, I wouldn't, I, I don't blame them for doing it. But yeah, I mean that that's just mental for us. I mean, if if you drive that much in the UK, you're in the sea. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm like in Orlando. If I drive. It, six hours in one direction i'm still in the state of florida i'm in the panhandle but i'm still in the state of florida <laughs> if i go south i'm still in florida i'm just hitting the keys so it's just one of, yeah. and, and there's still more because that's the most just the yeah. first key <laughs> there's like seven of them <laughs> uh so yeah it, it's it's always fun um great time for audiobooks if you're driving in the car by yourself oh yeah a friendly one um and because you don't want to get caught off in one of those moments where you're reading a a romance and it gets to that you know steamy scene <laughs> and you know you're at the drive-thru or you're having a part and you're like no 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 turn it off turn it off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i feel like because i prep a lot of um books not obviously a lot of um i prep a lot of books uh when i'm traveling um especially on trains and stuff i'll be i'll be uh, having the ipad and of course you have very colorful covers um to a lot of these books and uh, I have had, you know, when I'm sat next to a stranger, I have had eyes wandering over at the books and kind of wondering, is he really going to read that next to me like, <laughs> right now? <laughs> is this the time or place? Yeah. I'm like, why is he <laughs> highlighting that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It looks like, it, yeah. Because yeah. when I highlight, it's like for later. Um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. They're going to be thinking, I'm bookmarking. Well, they're going to be thinking, who is this pervert sitting next to me on this train? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, wait, what book was that? So I can go look for it later. (laughs) (laughs) So we've we've established a little bit that when you're not working and even technically when you are, you like to travel. Uh, Yes, absolutely. What else do you like to do when you're not at work? Um, Really basic stuff. I like hanging out with friends. Um, Of course, I like I like hanging out with friends that live far away so I can partner that up with traveling mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah it's just my, my my partner and i just spend a lot of sort of time doing really basic stuff we like to watch movies we like to go for walks um i mean she's very she's a lot more adventurous than i am she'll go abseiling or she'll <gasps> want to do skydiving or go up in a hot air balloon whereas i'm yeah and I, i'm perfectly happy i'll say you go do that i'll find a nice little spot i'll get a coffee mm-hmm. and i'll watch you yeah like and that's that's how that's you know I, f- I feel very nice doing that so yeah we like to get outside um and but then again we like to have lazy days and 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 not kind of do anything and just you know be. do a bit of housework and then yeah just be just exist so yeah it's usually if i'm not working i'm doing something actively to get me out of that workspace yeah so either physically or mentally um away yeah, yeah. like i said i put the phones and the devices away like hide them from me yeah exactly i'm gonna work um (laughs) yeah it's a problem but i love it uh (laughs) (laughs) 
what's your favorite holiday and by holiday since i'm speaking with you it's yeah. not vacation it's like season like christmas oh i see yeah. um the vine that you're like oh but we were talking about <laughs> vacations already oh <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I realistically mm-hmm. probably is christmas but just for the sake of trying to be a little bit different i'll say pancake day oh <gasps> yeah <I> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that yeah but no it probably 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 christmas and mm-hmm. all honesty yeah okay and just family mm-hmm. and uh, food yeah are you big on decorating uh, my partner is yeah um i again i'll I'll have a coffee and watch um but, yeah. no yeah we, uh, we're big on yeah we get the we get the big tree down we actually we have a tree in the kitchen a tree in the living room these little sort of stickers that we we put on the windows um tinsel everywhere and then spent yeah and then spend the next sort of three months hoovering up that tinsel yeah. um <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we, we we're quite a festive i have quite a festive family and we go all out for the food you know we we do uh, do all the uh the traditional stuff so it's uh yeah it's, it's a good time mm-hmm. yeah how long did it take you to take all the stuff off once you've done christmas a very very stressed and rushed full r- rushed afternoon oh okay so you do um, we would do after? every yeah yeah we do we do it on we do it a, about a week or so after christmas mm-hmm. it'll get to that point where like right i'm fed up being happy <laughs> get me back to get me back to normality and um yeah and we'll both put our earphones in because god forbid we talk to each other uh, we'll both put our earphones in and we will just speed through the the house you know i'll take upstairs just to take downstairs and we'll meet and uh yeah and we'll just get everything in and then a terrifying trip to the loft with all the spiders oh. um, and then, and then uh, yeah so it's, it's 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 pretty hectic but oh it feels good when you've done it yeah it's 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 it, yeah. but also for me when i just also i'm like you guys i love going all out it's yeah. then it feels a little weird at first because you're like there's so much space or there the, the wall's a little blank you know and then i'm yeah. like oh i know where i can put on there and that's just another you know <laughs> thing to do for the weekend <laughs> oh yeah you always have that kind of like well, surely we must have more stuff than this usually we always had this stuff like it's like is there yeah we sort of like looking at go we need more paintings or something yeah. we need something yeah something yeah 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 don't get me started with the antiquing um <laughs> <laughs> i felt like i see a table or, or a chair and i'm like my god the legs on that thing you know i got i've gotten in trouble <laughs> i did that at a, at a shop one time i just said damn the legs and there was a lady in a skirt next to me um <laughs> she looked at me she's like thank you i'm like well, they're nice, but I was actually talking about the chair. But yeah, you know that's perfect. Yeah, because you know that is oh, that, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, because it's so different than some of the the newest, you know, the new stuff. Like when you go to IKEA versus when yeah. you go to a vintage and antique place. But yeah, yeah, and I think half the fun is like of having stuff. Half the fun is talking about having the stuff. Like if you have friends over for you know, for some drinks or dinner or whatever. And it's always better if there's a story behind the table. Um, you know, it's like, oh, use a coaster. Because the funny thing about those coasters, we actually found them in it. Yeah. And then you go off on this tail. Uh, and that's and that's one of the reasons why we don't have many friends. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, okay. but yeah, I always find that, yeah. that funny. Yeah. It was, or like, yeah, use the coaster because, you know, that table was hand painted by us. And, you know, the story behind this, yeah. <laughs> says, yeah. Says the yeah. girl that has tables like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite snack? Um, 
Ooh, uh, I'm only taking a long time to answer that because I have so many, <laughs> and I don't want to be. I don't want to upset any of them. Right? There's um, uh, I haven't had any in a very long time, uh, which I know sounds like a lie, but it's generally true. Um, I haven't had. Uh, th- we have these biscuits, which you may or you may have over there, in which you do. I'm so sorry if this sounds like I'm on my own ass. Um, but we have these uh, biscuits called custard creams um and they are they are just a, just a hug in a in a in a shell mm-hmm. they're so nice and uh, you dip them in your tea mm. uh and yeah so those i as i say i haven't i, I don't i don't tend to eat them very mm. much now cuz i'm trying to be good but when um when i do uh yeah that's that's a lot so yeah a custard cream okay. is probably my favorite All right next yeah. time i go to world market i'm going because they have different um food areas yeah. for different countries and they have like yeah. almost like two lanes for british food um, oh nice <laughs> yeah i'm gonna see if they're like hey, look there's your custard cream and check it out oh you must yeah. you must as i said there's probably some there's some sort of version um that you've probably tried before yeah um but yeah they are they are just chef's kiss brilliant yeah it's always funny too because i've had people that have had things in the uk or in europe and then found them here but they taste a little mm-hmm. different and that's just because of the chocolate manufacturing of in the States versus from over there. Uh, yeah. So it's always funny when I hear that, Oh, this is so good. I'm like, it was, cause it was a little bitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then the friend goes, it's bitter like my soul. I'm like, no wonder you love it. <laughs> Perfect. Fit. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're getting to the point where we're doing the, one of my favorite parts is uh, the yeah. game of two truths and a lie, where you tell me three things about yourself and we have to figure out which one's the lie. Yeah, okay, yes. yeah. So if you're ready. Okay, so do you want me to read them just all three, three in one go? Yeah, all three, and then yeah. I'll try to fi- we'll, we'll try to figure out which one's the lie, and then you can tell us if we're wrong or not. Okay, I hope these aren't too boring slash obvious. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, the first one, I missed my primary school exams, known as my SATs, as my dad took me on a holiday to Hong Kong and booked the wrong dates. Second one, I recently went to see a Broadway play and among the audience was Sir Paul McCartney. And three was I was in the same class at school with Spider-Man actor Tom Holland. Okay. All right. So Mr. Exams, because dad booked over the dates to Hong Kong, Broadway play with Paul mm. McCarthy in the audience and going to school with Tom Holland. Uh- <laughs> 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 These are always worth tricky because it could have been that you missed this, the exams, but it was because not yeah. Hong Kong, but something else. And that's oh, yeah. a lie. <laughs> and that's how you, that's how yeah. you get people get, you know, like, that's how you get. People. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, no, I haven't, I haven't done that to you. Don't yeah, okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Is it the Broadway play with Paul McCartney in the audience? The lie? No, that's true. Oh, okay. Did they announce yeah. him? Like, yeah, I knew I went to go see uh, Leopoldstadt. Um, and, uh, I have a mutual friend and colleague, uh, Becky Parker Geist, who's the CEO of Pro Audio, uh, Pro Audio Voices, fantastic company, a fantastic person. Um, uh, but she um, also worked with um, a lady called Sarah, who was in the play, 
Um, and uh, she hooked us up and, and we we got we organized a meet after the show. Uh, so we uh, I, I went to go meet Sarah and Sarah was like, oh, you'll never guess who was in the audience. It's Paul McCartney. And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I would have messed with her. Like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Did I know that name for somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So that's cool. It was. I think it was weird because I spent the week before I was in Liverpool. Oh, wow. um, and 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 obviously that's Beatle crazy. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I I I just spent like a weekend staring at pictures of Paul McCartney. <laughs> so that it was weird how it sort of yeah how it was how it was so soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Tom Harley or the exams that you went to school with Tom Harley. Holland, sorry. Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, my editor is going to kill me. How do you know? I'm sorry. I'm like Spider-Man. The dude that does Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. Is that the lie? Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know whether to sort of try it. Because I thought thought maybe people have believed that because we're from kind of the same place. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's interesting sometimes of who we had gone to school with. And fast forward. I mean, like I went to the exact same high school. He was... When I was a senior, I think he was a freshman. Um, um, the the rapper uh Pitbull, and, and oh, cool. yeah. So in in the and then in elementary, um, I think the older son of uh, Gloria Stefan, and we were in the same, wow yeah, in the school and kind of things like that. But at the time, they were like just the kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, they were. You know, they were not yet Mister Worldwide. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I'm still cocky <laughs> as fuck and idiot, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went to school i was in the same i was in like year seven uh, which is our, our entry year and they were in the last year um where i went with the lead singer of a metal band called asking alexandria mm. um yeah that was my that's my claim to fame <laughs> <laughs> we all have one thing or another you know it's like what is this yeah. uh, oh my god seven connections like with kevin bacon kind of thing like there's only like seven yeah. things that will technically connect us all i'm like okay that's good i mean it's a small world but you never yeah, yeah, yeah. know all right so last yeah. question for you what's your favorite word and not this curse word because that's the second part of this question okay um oh oh gosh there's so many <laughs> um I quite, I quite like moronic mm. <laughs> I think it flows quite well. Um uh contemporary. I think contemporary because I think it's a it's a word yeah, it just fits in so many circumstances and you sort of seem a little bit like you're showing off, you know. And it's you can pull it out of the bag at art galleries <laughs> or you know at, at family dinners and especially in my my northern home uh, if you if you pull out the it's same with metropolitan and words like that and you you, you know people go oh get you um <laughs> uh, so yeah i'm gonna go with contemporary okay perfect mm. well before we go can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you yeah absolutely so uh, i've just concluded lords of other worlds uh, a series by stella rainbow amazing author and that's uh, this four books uh, the first one's out already the second one's coming out very soon and then the next two are going to be released uh, incrementally throughout the year i've just got a book uh, a non-fiction 
which is great because I don't record that many non-fictions, uh, but just uh, done one uh, called uh, Focus Teen by Andrew Stevenson. And that's, um, it's about like uh, how to become a better youth athlete. It's aimed at young persons, but I think could benefit everybody. Um, it was a, it was a great one to do. And that's out now. I've had, I've just finished books two and three of the Cursed Heart series by Reese Lawless. Uh, as I mentioned before, I've been narrating for Reese uh, for a fair few years and always have a blast with uh, their work. Currently narrating uh, for Reese again right now, but I'm, I'm not sure if that's been released yet. So I'll just say, you know, uh, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Watch this space. Recently narrated. So this is out now. It just came out a few weeks ago. Uh, a book called 30 Day Boss by J.S. Cooper, which I co-narrated with Ali Shea. Ali Shea is not only an amazing narrator, but also a friend of mine. Uh, so that was an utter joy to collaborate with them. And uh, yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, as I say right now, it's the, a Reese Lawless title. And then I am, um, I believe... I'm next going into um, the next installment of the Immortal Hearts of San Francisco series written by uh, Susan Griscombe, who again is amazing. And that one's uh, co-narrated with Amanda Friday. And then after that, I'm moving on to a project that I've been uh, so looking forward to for ages now. Um, it's a, a joyous uh, magic uh, YA adventure spells and witchcraft and wizardry and things like that. Uh, but I, I haven't been I haven't been announced yet. Um, <laughs> so so I, I'm, I don't want to put my foot in it. So yeah, again, yeah. I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll leave you with with uh, watch this space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it too. When yeah. you guys sometimes say, "Oh, I oh I'm, mm, I can't say," I, you know, hasn't been announced, and I'm like, "Okay, so are you going to be?" A wizard, a witch, a warlord. I mean, like, what are you gonna you know, give me something <laughs> yeah. a little bit, you know? And then they're like, oh, okay, so there's a mafia guy, there's this, <laughs> and then there's an alien, you know? So I'm like, okay, cool. At least yeah. I know what I'm like. Okay, yeah, I read those. Or like, mm, yeah, I love you, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, John, yeah. for being part of this year's audiobook loving series and being my guest. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this interview as well as the series. We'll including all of his social media accounts on the podcast episode over at Viviana Enchanters of Books. So you guys can find them and follow. And until next time, happy listening. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.